plan out our whole day. First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish... The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Welcome to The Big Lead this hour. Brandy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson. You know, I'm sitting here minding my own business, and this well-dressed man enters the studio. He's so annoyed with me right now. First of all, this isn't my fault... John Curley. So John Curley walks in the studio, quote unquote, allegedly to charge his cell phone. What? And I go, okay, we're in the break. John's here. He's sitting right next to me, next to a microphone, his favorite place to be, yes. charging his cell phone. And I'm yes. like, hey, John, why don't you join me for the big lead and we'll talk about guns? You're like, ah. I said, uh, I'm prepping for my show, which is right after your show. You said, I'm charging my phone. <laughs> that was my first excuse. I think this is this counts as prep for your okay, show. Listen, just really okay. briefly, can okay. we do one segment of The Big Lead and talk about guns? Yes, I'm here for you. Okay, Andrew, let's get right to The Big Lead. Power. The Big Lead. Top story. So I know this will come as a surprise that Governor Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson have some new gun control ideas. Uh-huh. Do you think they care whether they're constitutional? Do you think that's something Bob Ferguson as the attorney general weighs before introducing them? No, they want them. They just want to do what we're doing right now, which is giving them airtime and talk about them. And then it'll be <laughs> six months from now to get challenged. You get thrown out and the news won't cover the fact that the court the courts overturned it. But it's, it's a slow push, 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 push. Um, and they always kick these things out there. They get challenged. It takes a couple of years. But, you know, maybe he thinks he can f- flip. Yeah, and I mean, Bob Ferguson wants to be governor, and so, you know, this has been his thing. And every every legislative session, he has a couple priorities, and some of them have passed, um, That uh, priorities that the attorney general has put forth. Uh, allow me to be the first to play for you. Okay. Why Governor Inslee says we have gun violence in America, and you can feel free to respond to this in real time if you'd mm. like. And unfortunately, because of, of the prevalence of gun violence, uh, every day, people are now more had a belly full of gun violence and not be able to walk out your door without a mass shooting. Include- had a belly full? A belly full. And? We're now more had a belly full of gun violence and not be able to walk out your door without a mass shooting. So you must have encountered a mass shooting today. Um, Did you yeah, leave- let me think. I ate a... I had a big bagel with some lox and cream cheese. Yeah, and then I, then there was a mass shooting. So uh, yes, every day people are now more had a belly full of gun violence and not be able to walk out your door without a mass shooting. That's in, true, including in schools. Oh, in schools. So uh, I think this is changing. Unfortunately, um, as time goes on, people have just got sick and tired of this gun violence, and the presence of guns and assault weapons is a cause of gun violence. The difference between wait, our wait, what was the back of that was it? Yeah, yeah. The the presence of guns causes gun violence. So if you're in the presence of a gun... I got it, okay. And the presence of guns and assault weapons assault is weapons. a cause of gun violence. Yeah. The difference between our country and other countries is the presence of guns in everybody's pocket. In your pocket. So, also, I said earlier I didn't think people carried guns in their pockets, but the text line test says they do. <laughs> I, you don't even where to start with this. There are <laughs> other countries that have more guns. Uh, Finland, I think, per capita, and I think Sweden might have more guns per capita. Vermont has more guns per capita than New York, um, but it's not who has the gun. It's what the person does with the gun. That's it. It's as simple as that. And and that you can't fix because you can't pass legislation that's going to change a culture. 
where someone just thinks it's okay to pull out a gun and shoot somebody because someone has either insulted them, stepped on their easies, or in some way removed from them the only thing that they have, which is their street cred. So they pull out a gun and shoot and kill somebody. You well, yeah. pass a law on that one. You already have all the laws in the books. And the shootings are a result of people who don't follow laws anyway, right? <laughs> right. And so uh, specifically one of the proposals that they're introducing, not necessarily pushed by Governor Inslee and Bob Ferguson, but by Democrats and the Alliance for Gun Responsibility, is that you'll you'll need a license to purchase a gun. And here is the governor's justification. You need to get a license to drive a car. You need to get a license. That's a privilege, not a right. You you missed the second one. uh, uh, Fishing. The difference is a license to go fishing. Yeah. It's time that you get a license to make sure that you have safety training to purchase a gun in the state of Washington. Safety training as determined by the government as to whether or not you passed the law. The difference is this. Driving is not a right. Driving is a privilege. This is a right that you have. And now they're going to try to infringe upon that right by making you pass some sort of test in order to be able to have the gun. You have to have a permit to exercise a constitutional right. All of these laws, all of these laws only restrict the law-abiding citizen. Mm -hmm. They do nothing for the 14-year-old kid that pulls out a gun and shoots an 18-year-old kid. Absolutely nothing. That kid's going to pass a test? All of this stuff. It's every single law put in place only hinders the law-abiding citizen. It does nothing for anybody else. The other one I really can't figure out, and John, we'll let you prep your show. It's too late now. Okay, good. Um, the, I don't know, he was looking around. (laughs) No, no, I'm I'm here with you. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. The other one that the Alliance for Gun Responsibility um, has talked about is allowing for this local control. So right now in Washington State, you can't have this patchwork of gun control measures and legislation and policies. And they want to change that. So a city like Seattle that has, you know, all these unique problems, whatever, can pass its own laws, which is the stupidest thing I can even think of. For Even for law-abiding gun owners, you're like, so now I have to be up with every different city and county. And if I'm carrying my gun in Washington state, what the rules and regulations are in that jurisdiction. And a gang member doesn't care. The gang member's not stopping on the border of Renton and Seattle and being like, oh, well, in Renton, I can do this, but not in Seattle, so I should only shoot my rival gang member in Renton. Yeah, well, they have to address the fact that the number of homicides and shootings and arrests has gone up, what, 70%? I forget the numbers that they throw around there. And what are we going to do about it? Oh, we're going to restrict guns. No, why don't you take the people that are committing the crimes early on? I spoke to a woman. What's the name of that place they send juveniles to? They used to, anyway. Um, juvie? Yeah, Juvie. What's the name of that? It's a. Uh, it's like a reform school or something. What's the name of it? What is it called? Uh, come on, come on. I know. It's, Something uh, has a nice it name you. to it. But mm-hmm. it's the woman told me, she'd been there for 22 years. You'll come up with it. She told me, she goes, you know, when, the, when we first started, we would get a kid who was 12 or 13 years old, and we can actually help them. Mm-hmm. What they stopped doing is when they stopped sending kids to this place, then they were more hardened by the time we got them, and there was really nothing we could do to sort of intervene and break down this system. They say the kid, an average kid, needs like, I don't know, 8,000 hours of counseling or something to get them back on track to that they don't commit more and more crimes. Um, she said, but because these kids are coming in later, they're more hardened criminals. Mm-hmm. So you want to stop gun violence, stop the people that are going around shooting one another. Well, and that's Echo Glen. Echo Thank Glenn. you. Oh, yes, Echo Glen, where everybody escapes. Take, There's never a, a riot, even when there is a riot. I'll take places where they don't send kids for 400, <laughs> yes. please, Alex. Well, and that to me, like, you know, I uh, they talk about investments in community programs and stuff like that. And I'm like, OK, you know, what does that mean? Investment in community programs is like the most spoken sentence in the city of Seattle in the last five years. 
But look, if you can, you can show me an honest taxpayer investment that can keep a kid out of gangs, can reduce, you know, recidivism, can reduce the amount of crime happening, can help businesses, can help. I mean, I am all for spending taxpayer dollars on something that has that much of a community benefit. If you can reduce the number of shootings, reduce violent crime, overall crime. School choice. Everything that goes into school, school choice. Cho- school choice is it? Two, uh, two studies, one out of Harvard uh, rega- regarding North Carolina, and I forget where the other study had come from. They put school choice in place and they compared the numbers over a 10-year period and school year. At a longitudinal study, not as far as the 10-year, but what they found was when school choice was put in place, they reduced teen pregnancy, they reduced juvenile delinquency, and they reduced juvenile crime by 4% and 10% um, respectively. So if a kid, if you could get the kid out of a failed school so that the kid actually learns, so the kid can can read and write and can be a and can apply for a job and can take a job and hold a job. Plus, more than that, the child feels that they succeeded at something and they they have a path towards some other direction as opposed to turning towards crime. But so wouldn't that require a parent who recognizes all of that and wants to move them into a better environment? 70% of African Americans when certified say that they are, when uh, polled, they will tell you that they want school choice. If you've got a mom and say she's got three kids, there's no dad in the house, but she would like to be able to send her kid to a better school because let's assume all parents love their kids. She wants to send her kid to a better school. She feels sorry for the kid. The kid is stuck. She realizes what's happening. We produce these criminals by producing poor students, not even students, but dropouts and they go from school because the schools suck because the schools are not effective so what else do the kids do imagine being 16 years old and reading at a, at a second grade level you have no future ahead of you, you other no than choices to possibly turn to crime so school choice would be one of my recommendations that will never happen in the state of washington well i like it john curly right. you know do you think that you got to call up the governor. Do you think the governor would ever sit down and have a conversation with you about it? I sat next to him at some fancy schmancy dinner. Uh, he was to the right of me. We had a nice conversation. No, I, he never talked to me. Oh. Last time I talked to him, I, I saw him playing basketball with Dory one-on-one. Remember that? I was there. Oh, I my. sunk a three-point shot. and I, It's, to this day, my greatest accomplishment. You don't believe me? <laughs> no, I was there. I remember. Listen, I, I, air, I airballed... defense on you. I airballed three before that, but that's not... <laughs> Nobody played defense on you. Well, yeah, because you can't because it was you know Democrats against uh, against you know and they're they're not gonna what are they gonna do? They don't want to get they too can't close get too to you. Close, no, too you close know close what are they gonna you. do? Yeah, yeah. John Curley, you're a gem, oh, and you're you just kind. look great here. So you're so stylish today. You got the leather jacket. <laughs> okay, I know you the stop. turtleneck. Don't you have any other big news to cover? I do. Thanks okay. for asking, Andrew. Let's continue on. <laughs> the big lead is out. The big lead, top trending. Just take a compliment, John Curley, for the love of God. All right. Speaking of kind of on the same lines of what John Curley was just suggesting for how we deal with this issue of uh, violence and young people and young men and and the, the trajectory that they find their lives on. So former NFL player Jack Brewer was testifying before Congress, and it was for a hearing on the Uvalde shooting in Texas. And he had some suggestions as to what he thinks could fix this really sad trajectory that we're on as a society when it comes to kids. It's a teacher out, refuse to do their work, or beat up someone. They have little or no consequences in the public school system today. Parents have little or no responsibility for the actions of their children. If we are serious about addressing gun violence, we need to first get serious about bringing the paddle and prayer back to our public schools. 
Okay, I'm gonna let him talk. I do disagree with that. Obviously, I is he talking? I think that I, I don't. He, is I it mean, literal? Does he mean literal? Well, see, I'm taking it as punishment, not necessarily the paddle. But I believe he probably. I'm some people do support the paddle, but uh, I think. I agree with him in the sense we should bring punishment back. I think kids need structure. and Yeah, so I'm going to let him continue, but I, I want to, for the record, say that I do not want to bring it's a great line, God though. back to school or the paddles. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will never depart from it. In today's America, we have 18.6 million fatherless kids, more than any nation on earth. And we all know the kids are 20 times more likely to have a run-in with law enforcement if they're fatherless. We do not even teach the Ten Commandments in our public schools anymore. Much less hold our children accountable to them. As Mr. Nadler mentioned earlier, this is an American problem. If we leave the Capitol today and decide to ban all guns, have we really done anything to address the root cause of gun violence? And then again, that's the voice of former NFL player Jack Brewer. He was testifying before Congress. And after that testimony, he went on Fox News to uh, share his sentiments further. Uh, We have a a breakdown of the family here that is really scary. You know, just this weekend, uh, nine juveniles were shot in Chicago. Fifty one people shot in one weekend in Chicago. Uh, This is an an epidemic of proportions that this nation has never seen. Uh, We have zero accountability for parents. Uh, And until that stops, you're not going to see these trends uh, back down. I mean, that's the sad thing about it. You 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 look and I sit in board meetings and I uh, work with these children all the time. uh, But folks never want to talk about holding their parents accountable uh, for their own children. And so these these kids are going around terrorizing the neighborhoods and communities across America. And so uh, this is an issue that starts at home. The vast majority of these children are fatherless. Most of them don't have a, a father at home that'll whoop their butt. They go to school. They don't have any discipline. I mean, I have I've had kids that in my program get caught with with drugs at school, weed at school, fighting at school. They don't even suspend them anymore. It's like this whole woke agenda has just bled through our institutions and into our school system. Uh, and now we're pay- paying a grim price because our kids don't have a fear of God. For you to go up in school and think that you can do what you want to do have no respect for authority, no respect for adults. You don't have a fear of God and a fear of consequences. And so we need to get spirituality back into our children. This secular mentality, those that feel that you need to keep your institution secular, you guys are the problems. You have to have spirituality in a child so that they have a fear of God. So there's a lot I agree with him on and a lot I don't. I, I don't believe that religion has any place uh, uh, in our public school system. And I think... But don't you uh, believe uh, the values? The so values, it, yeah, So I what, think that's, that's what, what he's gonna, trying to say. Yes, 100%. Well, he was... Uh, he was talking about teaching the Ten Commandments. So right. And because I believe that a government that is uh, willing to or will force uh, one religion on someone, they could force a different religion on someone. So it's just... Sure. Religion has no place in government. It has no place in public However, schools. However... Yeah. I agree with you that the sentiments of the Ten Commandments... I mean, the Ten Commandments are... If you strip religion out of them, they still mean something. Right. And I think you could say, I mean, I do think that kids should learn all different religions, what is involved in each religion, and then you learn respect for that religion. So you, there is religious classes or, you know, you learn the history and the, and, um, the different beliefs of different religions. And so I think what he's, well, I think he's probably, you're right, saying bring church into 
into school. But I think that the the sentiment behind it is, you know, have kids with faith, um, whatever it is, but have the that fear of God, that fear of parents at home, you know, that have installed these values and, and disappointing them. I mean, that was what worked with me, right? I think that the fear of disappointing my parents, my grandparents, you know, all members of my community was what you know, keeps kids straight. Well, it comes down to fear of consequences. Whether you believe that consequence is something when you die, you're going to hell, or whether you believe that consequence is prison, or whether you believe that uh, consequence is your parents are going to you don't beat get... the heck out of your bum when you right. get home, right? <laughs> and I, I do agree with him on that um, sentiment that we have are, are raising a generation of kids who don't fear consequences they're because centered. there haven't been consequences. Mm-hmm. And he's he's right. You know, we've had examples of that um, locally where you have kids that are huge problems in school and they don't really face any consequence because it's like, you know, consider racist or whatever it is. And or you're just you're creating little victims. I mean, we just played last hour and I hate to liken it to, you know, a school shooter or something, but you played, you know, that that whiny Starbucks barista. It's like this is a kid who's working a pretty easy job having a complete meltdown (laughs) crying in the back room. You know, no stress, no strain, no consequence in life. And that that's what it creates. And one of the challenges is a lot of that is up to parents. And if you have absent parents or you have bad parents who are raising little victims, then then what do you do? And I, you know, I I believe in being consistent. And so I do believe you have to give parents. I don't think the government should raise kids. I think parents should raise kids. But that does create a problem where what if you have parents who are absent or parents who don't um, aren't are raising their kids to be, you know, little victims. And one of the things he alluded to there is there being consequence for parents when their kids go shoot up a school, when their kids go uh, harm someone, injure someone, join a gang. And how do you loop parents in on that accountability structure in a way that will kind of encourage them to raise good citizens? And I don't know if I know the answer to that. I don't I don't know that I know the answer either, but I, there is this point where, uh, you know, you have these 16 year olds, these 14 year olds stealing cars in Tacoma and, you know, they're not tried as adults They're not. They don't have any real consequences for their actions and neither do their parents. You right. Know, so maybe there is something to that where not that their parents are going to go to jail for their kids crimes, but maybe you have to be held accountable to some extent where you have to help rehabilitate this 14 year old like get him on the right path or whatever it is but there has to be something there some incentive or some incentive to you know raise your kids right right. as if having a child isn't incentive enough but as we wrap up here one of the most memorable things from 2020 was the mayor of tacoma victoria woodards who i have my political disagreements with there's this picture of her the kids were out on top of cars protesting and she goes down there middle of the night jacket on galoshes on she's like you better get home and get off this car and i just think Love it. there is nothing more powerful than the fear of a woman who a child respects and we need a little bit more of that and that has been the big lead this hour the big lead on cairo radio Brandy Cruz filling in for Dory Monson this holiday week. Coming up, the New York Times crossword puzzle shaped. It, it took a familiar shape, let's say, for the first day of Hanukkah. That and more straight ahead on the Dory Monson show.
had a very shiny nose And if you ever saw it You would even say it glows All of the other reindeers Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor I'm triggering anyone with Christmas music Turn the radio off all week, baby. Aaron, are you being triggered by the Christmas music? Are you good? I'm good. Okay, good. I'm All right, good. good. You can Thanks. stay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah, you're welcome. I was really concerned with the answer, too. For Andy Cruz filling in for my friend Dory Monson. You know what I want later, Andrew? A little bit, uh, maybe tomorrow, little drummer boy. What'd you want, Nicole? Away in a manger? Uh, I think I said, I like, what child is this? Oh, that's a good one, too. You know, away in the manger, isn't it? Away in the manger, no room for a bed. Shouldn't there be room for a bed in a manger? Because if there weren't, like, where would the animals be? Aren't mangers pretty big? Well. Hmm, Figure that one out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, on the text line from Brian, Brandy, Nicole, I'm 38. Oh, we're talking about uh, whether corporal punishment needs to come back in school. Uh, And also there's a former NFL player saying kids just need God again, which... Uh, That's fine, but I don't believe in bringing religion back into public education. Uh, Brian says, Brandy, Nicole, I'm 38. I spent my kindergarten through fifth grade in Alabama. We still had the paddle in the principal's office. The threat of the paddle was enough for most kids. I only knew of one kid that got the paddle, but we had a very well-behaved school. (laughs) I can see that. You got to have a fear of something. Got to have a fear of something. 306 is Brandy. The U.S. Constitution and court system is based on Christianity, so dismissing Christianity is not a good debate. I'm an atheist, by the way, but if you study history, you see Christianity is the basis of our country. That's fine, but the First Amendment to the Constitution says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, and I really believe that uh, there is some uh, justification for that. Uh, On Governor Jay Inslee, Attorney General Bob Ferguson, uh, putting forth some new gun control measures, including requiring gun owners to have a permit in this state. 253 says, Brandy, maybe Inslee can start giving out permits for people to have children instead of guns. Doesn't China do that? Maybe it's not a permit. Does China still do that where they limit kids? Well, I know they have up until recently, if not still. Let's not be like China. Uh, New York Times. Does anybody uh, play the New York Times crossword puzzle? I do not because I don't read the New York Times except except like the occasional article online. Does anybody get get a paper anymore? (laughs) I don't know. But I know there's some folks who do the the, uh, crossword. And if you did it today, you would have seen that it was in a startling shape. So it's the beginning of Hanukkah. And the New York Times crossword was in the shape of a swastika. Donald Trump Jr. said, disgusting. Only the New York Times would get Hanukkah going with this crossword puzzle. Imagine what they would do to someone who did this and was not ideologically aligned with them. I'll give them the same benefit of the doubt. They would give those people exactly zero. So I think that's a little bit of an overreaction, but uh, it does look an awful lot like a swastika. I mean, and you glance at it and you see it. I don't think you had to be told that that's what it looks like. Yeah, and the New York Times, though, they, they said that there's a good reason for their crossword to be shaped like a swastika. They said that it's because it's a common crossword design. Many, they say, quote, many open grids and crosswords have a similar spiral pattern because of the rules around rotational symmetry and black squares. Which, I don't know if that's, I'm not a crossworder, 
So I don't know if that's true. If you're well, a crossword. I mean, I understand what they're saying. However, again, very bad timing. And it's. It's pretty, almost exact. They could have got, yeah, added a couple more black squares. Triple eight nine seven three Cairo. Triple eight nine seven three Cairo. If you do crosswords often, and if you can confirm the New York Times excuse that crosswords indeed are often shaped as swastikas, <laughs> I'd be very curious to hear. So a uh, week ago, I think it was a week ago, two weeks ago, there was a story about a restaurant actually just down the street from the Cairo Radio Studios called Serafino. And Serafino was dealing with, I believe it was, I'm just off the top of my head here, like their 18th break-in in just the past two years, two and a half years. And in the previous 30 years of them operating at that location, they'd only had a handful. And now they were dealing with, I think it was 18 of them in just a short span of time. And to me, it was just this example of like, how can you look at that and continue to try to downplay or make an excuse for the crime crisis that we're in. And people will be like, oh, it's because of COVID. It's not because of COVID, okay? COVID might have highlighted, might have made the problem worse, but this has been the pattern that we've been going down for some time. So it drives me nuts when people want to continue to blame everything on COVID. And then there was another um, example of this this week. Uh, This is a story from Cairo 7. There is a downtown Seattle business that deals in art. And they have been targeted now for the sixth time in 17 months. Uh, it's a place called Fossil and Stone. Uh, and the owner of uh, Fossil and Stone says, look, we are really at our wits end with how bad downtown has become. This is a critical time for us. It's the holidays. And um, this is a really important time to make it through the winter as a small business. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, This is our sixth event in 17 months. And we feel helpless. We're just people trying to make a living. Yeah, and apparently, so in this instance, there was, you can see the ring video, this guy's like flying at the door trying to kick it in. And when that doesn't work, um, they try to drive a vehicle into the door. And they've had art stolen from this location before. And I just got to say, I don't know how anyone runs a business in downtown Seattle anymore. I mean, you go down there and I have, you know, I've had this kind of debate with uh, Dave Ross. I had him on my podcast because he was saying, you know, we can't abandon downtown Seattle. We can't just turn it over to the ne'er-do-wells. And I understand that debate. I really do. It's a city I love deeply. But I also am not going to, in good faith, tell people to go down there because I don't know what I'm sending them into. And how do I, as someone who doesn't operate a business in Seattle, tell those business owners down there, oh, just hang in there a little longer? Like uh, Proshki Proshki uh, and Olga Sagan, the owner who I've spoken with many times, you know, they have a location, obviously the, the really famous Seattle bakery. They have a, they have a location in um, uh, on Third Avenue. And they closed that down beginning of this this year, and she is preparing to reopen it on the 26th. And I just think, gosh, I can't imagine, um, you know, I, I'm glad she's doing that. Am I supposed to hear music in my ear? Oh, is this is this a Christmas song coming up? I, you said I got to space it out. I can't blow all my Christmas music on okay, one day. Okay, I'm just hearing. Like, <laughs> hear, so I'm trying. That's why I said I was like stuttering because I hear this like tribal drum beat in my ear. And I'm like, am I hearing things? Is tribal this? Beat. I don't know what this is. But so Olga Sagan, for instance is going to reopen Proshki Proshki or try on the 26th. And I just think, bless that woman.
but I don't know. There's some Twitter video that came out a couple days ago of half a block from her restaurant. I think she posted it, actually, of things that were happening. It was awful. It's just awful. And I feel bad. And I, I mean, bless her for trying. But the city is failing these businesses. And no one can run a business dealing with dozens of crime targeting their bottom line. No one can do it. All right. Uh, coming up on the Dory Monson Show, awesome audio clips of the day. You can get back to that drum beat now, Andrew. Oh, sure. you, it was too late now. We've already oh, moved on. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Dory Monson Show. Brandy Cruz filling in today and the rest of the week. Through to 2023, always a pleasure to be with you. Let's get to our awesome audio clips of the day, shall we? This is Dory Monson's awesome audio clips of the day. So Nancy Pelosi in the new year will no longer be the Speaker of the House, as you know. And it has prompted what I think are legitimate questions about, okay, is she going to serve the rest of her term? You know, she had the thing that happened with her husband. Um, She's getting older. Um, And so a reporter asked her just that, and she really, really did not like being asked that question. Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? What is this? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. Really? Really? Okay? I said what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't, those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. No, I'm a... And you heard like a reporter giggling about that. If Trump had responded that way to a reporter, you think the reporters would have giggled about it? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. That's ridiculous. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked about Hunter Biden. Uh, and not a surprise, she is deferring any answers. Uh, the latest Twitter files show that the intelligence community was actively involved in discrediting the Hunter Biden laptop story. Does it bother the president and those at the White House that a government agency like the FBI was involved in. First of all, I can't believe a journalist is asking this question. I'm very impressed. Suppressing a legitimate news story. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to refer you to the FBI. I'm not going to comment from here. Oh, that. how convenient. Corinne Jean-Pierre also asked about the Biden administration and why it didn't want to proactively try to extend Title 42, of course, which is making it somewhat easier. It was a coronavirus era um, mandate that was making it somewhat easier to keep people from coming across the southern border. And then you have someone like Joe Manchin saying, well, the president has the ability to ask for an extension. He should be asking for an extension because we're at this point where you've got a deadline and a crisis. Is that within the president's authority to do that? So look, we remain we're, we remained under a court order to lift Title Forty Two. That is a court order. That, that is a court order that is telling us to lift Title Forty Two, and we're going to comply because we follow the rule of law. That is sought to lift. That is, but it is a court order. But that is that started by you guys. It was a court order that has been provided to us, and so now we have to comply. And that is, we have to comply by December twenty first. It is it is a law so that is been don't support. What I'm saying is that what I'm saying that it is a court order that has been presented to us that we are going to comply. It is a court order. You think she knows what that means? Never. No. Never mind that the White House asked for that particular court order. All right. Today, Governor Jay Inslee, Attorney General Bob Ferguson announced some of their gun control priorities. Uh, And Inslee, as he always does, had some really deep and profound things to say. 
uh, talking about one of the reasons why we have so many dang shootings. We have this scourge of gun violence because of the presence of the wrong kind of guns in the wrong hands. And that's what these laws are intended to protect. Wrong kind of guns in the wrong hands, but don't be fooled. There is no right kind of gun as far as Jay Inslee is concerned. Also, trying to explain why he thinks Washington state needs a law that would require people to have a permit to purchase a firearm. And Governor Inslee doesn't seem to know the difference between a privilege and a constitutional right. You need to get a license to drive a car. You need to get a license to go fishing. It's time (laughs) that you get a license to make sure that you have safety training to purchase a gun in the state of Washington. And it's high time that we pass a bill to make sure you get a permit before you purchase a firearm. Second Amendment, just like fishing, just like driving, no big deal. Get a permit. And those have been your awesome audio clips of the day we don't have an end for that oh anymore. my gosh Andrew. you almost nailed it how many times almost almost stuck the landing but you know we should have an end to that it needs an end you got christmas music at least anything maybe all right well, he's scrambling there we go oh that's good too that's a great end what a pleasure it's been filling in for my friend Dory Monson on this Monday. We're going to pick it back up tomorrow, Nicole, with more Christmas music, more Christmas cheer, more holiday cheer, and even more rants from me, Brandy Cruz. The John Curley and Sherry Elker Show coming up next. I'll see all of you tomorrow. The stars in the sky. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. All right, go, go. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You're really a fantastic audience.